Hello and welcome to episode six of the Election Observer podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Democracy Volunteers' observation of elections across the UK on May 5th and the subsequent report produced by Democracy Volunteers. Today I'm joined by John and Harry. Hello both. Hi Juliana. Hi Juliana. So can one of you start by telling me about the observation as a whole and kind of uh, how it went and how many people you had involved? Absolutely. Thank you, Juliana. Um, as you've mentioned, today we have put out our report for the set of elections that took place uh, all across the UK uh, earlier this year. And for those people who are listening who have observed with us before or have seen a little bit about our work, um, you'll already know this, but at Democracy Volunteers, we're a non-partisan domestic election observation organisation. Um, we're based in the UK, and although we do election observations abroad, and we also go to more specific elections like by-elections, um, the May elections really give us an opportunity to deploy a large number of non-partisan election observers all across the UK to assess a number of different uh, issues that we've either seen as uh, persisting through our previous observations, all things that we think could be improved. Um, and the way that we do that is based on data that we collect from inside polling stations and counting venues, postal vote openings, but also through some of the meetings that we have with interlocutors before the day itself. So the Electoral Commission, um, political parties, and that really gives us a more rounded view of some of the challenges being faced at the election. Uh, and I think over, over recent years and decades, there's been more need for election observations to place focus on the pre and post electoral uh, uh, parts of the election. On election day itself, this year was obviously May the 5th, we had over 200 uh, of our observers out observing all across the UK uh, in a wide variety of, of different uh, elections. Um, if you have a look on the report, you'll see that we had people all the way from, you know, the north of Scotland, up in rural Aberdeenshire, to Belfast in Northern Ireland, Birmingham in England, um, and lots of places in between. Um, so you can see the full list there. Um, but essentially, we used a similar methodology to what we've used before. Um, we're a member of the global network of domestic election monitors, and we also follow international standards on our observations. Um, we have around 300 um, observers registered with the Electoral Commission, and those of our observers who were unable to go out and observe in person on the day did help us in a number of ways remotely and um, throughout the whole electoral period. Our observers go to polling stations in pairs and spend between about 30 to 60 minutes uh, in each. During the day, we managed to get to 1,723 uh, different polling stations all across the UK to assess this different range of issues. And our observers have been fully trained before the day on how to act as a short-term observer, going in and assessing things like accessibility, uh, the sealing of ballot boxes, and a whole range of other issues that are laid out in more detail in the report. So in the report, you outline a number of recommendations, with the first recommendation talking about the prevalence of family voting across polling stations. What are some key steps that could be taken here by electoral administrators and councils across the country to combat this? Julia, I think that probably questions for me, really. Uh, can I actually just add one thing to what Harry's been saying? Because uh, um, he, he reeled out all the things we did and all the places we went. But I think one thing that really isn't mentioned quite often in our reports is just the amount of time that people like Harry in particular put into making sure that actually happens. Um, to actually organise 200 plus people across the UK going into polling stations in teams of two with all the equipment they get sent by us, with all the training they get and all the interviews we have to do to get them to the start line, I think really is testament to his hard work and the amount of effort he puts in. Also people like Alex Ollington who also put in so much time to make sure that we communicate out there 
but also make people like Max making sure that our training gets delivered as well. So thanks to the team for making sure it happened, because I think with a voluntary organisation like ours, it really does depend on people delivering um, a big effort. Uh, they don't get paid. We sometimes give them travel expenses, um, but fundamentally they do an awful lot for nothing and we really appreciate it. Um, your question was about our first recommendation. I think you, you may have noticed that our reports often talk about family voting and we have to look through the sort of the lens of a Western European democracy and how our elections are have certain challenges, but you know, fundamentally, they're very well run in the UK. We have an awful lot of dedicated people running elections in the UK. And the way the elections run is a testament to them. I think what the problem is, is that we still see that some voters um, across communities, across the UK, not particularly any one group or other, are still unable to understand that voting independently is a right that voters should have. And so we saw lots of people um, voting in a polling booth with another person or overseeing or even directing how another person votes and, and bluntly that's against the law and it's something that people need to be reminded of and and councils need to act on as we say in the report and i don't want to go into details because you know people can go to the website and read themselves the detailed report but but fundamentally we see that most people affected by family voting are women you know women won the vote uh, I say one because people often say give given the vote. No, women won the vote over 100 years ago now. And still we see blokes telling women how to vote. And I think it's something that we need to remind the public is that your vote is yours and nobody else's. And it's your right to go and vote on your own independently and to have your voice heard, but in private. So it's one of the things that we see all the time. And it's something that we really think needs to be acted on as soon as possible. So then the second recommendation that's outlined in the report talks about potential training for uh, the actual officers who are uh, administering the election and train this training is around family voting. So I guess to kind of build on what you've uh, just talked about, it's like, why is this training necessary uh, in the UK? And what kind of outcomes would you like to see if this training was uh, kind of put into action? Well, Harry will tell you as well, we, we went to training uh, at a few councils uh, this May to see how they actually advise presiding officers on how to identify family voting and to prevent it. And some councils uh, actively have people in place to try and prevent it. That's great. Why we think it matters is we think it's one of those things that actually, if you think about what a presiding officer, the polling clerk has to do, is they have to welcome people to the polling station, assess them on the register, check the polling card, issue a ballot paper. And if it's busy, you know, one of the things that they don't necessarily monitor all the time is someone going to a polling booth and their wife potentially helping them or their husband helping them or a family member assisting them or overseeing and directing. And because we're terribly polite as a nation, especially people who run polling stations are awfully polite, is they don't necessarily think it's their job saying, excuse me, you're not allowed to do that. Please separate and go to separate booths. And I think it's the reticence of knowing the law but also the knowledge that they can actually intercede. The presiding officer is an incredibly important part of our electoral process. They are responsible for that building for that day between you know, just before seven o'clock in the morning to just after 10 o'clock at night. They're responsible for the security and integrity of our elections. And we think it's really important that they get the training to understand 
that one of their key tasks is making sure the progress of the polling day is done within the law. It's not just a matter of issuing the ballot papers and making sure the signs are up in the right places. It's also about making sure that the process is fair to everybody. Because you, me and Harry are probably very happy to turn up and be quite gobby about it's my right to vote on my own. Some people don't know. Some people simply don't know. If you're a young person who's never voted before, you don't know what the situation is. You know, it's like getting in the car for the first time on your first driving lesson. You've got no idea what you're doing. You've seen other people do it, but actually, you know, you need to be able to know the rules and the regs before you go and do it. So in a way, I think people like that need to be, they know it's your right to vote, you know, so actually need to be guided through the process by presiding officers to prevent things like family voting happening. Because I don't know what Harry thinks, I've been to know, I don't think most of this is malicious. I don't think people go and family vote because they think I'm going to tell this person how to vote. We, we found about a quarter of people seem to do that. Quite often it's just people saying, who are we voting for, dear? And it's that sort of conversation. I can't remember who we're voting for. Which one was it? And some of them are just sort of like saying, oh, she's voting that way, is she? You know, but, but actually, we've got to be conscious that a key part of a democracy is to make sure you can vote on your own. And that's why we think training for presiding officers is really important. So they identify it, uh, you know, spot it as it's going through the polling station and then prevent it because... Once it becomes normalised that they prevent it, we'll stop it and therefore, you know, we'll improve the quality of our democracy. I completely agree with you, John. I think that one of the reasons that we have a second recommendation around family voting in this report, um, specifically talking about the training of presiding officers, is because of some of the training that we've seen at different councils across the UK and, and how lots and lots of family voting was prevented by presiding officers uh, who had been adequately trained. Um, there are many things that can be done to try and uh, improve the, the state of family voting across the UK. And some of those do cost money. So for example, putting another person in the polling station to guide and direct the flow and to prevent family voting. But I think it's important for us to, to start at step one and say that the presiding officer who, as John mentions, has responsibility for the polling station and the operations of the polling station for the day um, should be trained on what those responsibilities are in full um, and that is one way that we can quite quickly look to to inform people who are working through elections so that they're equipped with the knowledge to be able to run a polling station in in the best way that they can Okay, so the final recommendation of the report relates to the actual act of election observation and election observers themselves. I just wanted to know what triggered this recommendation um, during the observation and why is it so important? Well, I think in a way it, it's quite obvious what the answer is. I, I think one of the key aspects of observations are that quite often people I don't know that election observers are a thing in the UK. And there are about a thousand accredited observers by the Electoral Commission, of which we have over 300. And we think it would just make life easier for everybody if, if polling staff were trained by council staff at their pre-election briefings on what we are allowed to do and the fact that we even exist. I don't think it would take more than a couple of minutes in that training to say, you might get election observers who are accredited by the Electoral Commission. And what they're allowed to do is come in and observe the process. They're not allowed to interfere, but we, we think it's a really important part of the process. So a key part of any uh, election is that somebody can independently assess it and say what they think about it. Because, you know, we, we are going to have almost on this occasion 2,000 polling stations across the UK. That's the biggest sample of anybody going to a polling uh, day operation uh, this year. So we've got really hopefully insightful things to tell the people who run councils and the Electoral Commission and government. 
And I think it, if they knew that we were allowed to go into the counts, allowed to go and see postal openings, allowed to spend time in polling stations and observe the process, it would help everybody just to make the process smoother and easier. And so within that final recommendation, just as a note, there are some additional sub-recommendations, aren't there, John? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important that, you know, as the, the largest election observation group in the UK, uh, it's important that we also reflect on our role in the process. So we've got a couple of other recommendations that we'd like to put forward to the Electoral Commission uh, to have a look at, because we think there are other things that we should be able to see. So, for example, one of the key aspects is we're not actually allowed to see the bit where people count up the votes and put it on a spreadsheet and it's actually quite a fundamental part of the process that when the, the final the totting up of the votes count electronically independent oversight that would be a very useful thing because you know we've all done spreadsheets juliana people do make mistakes with spreadsheets and i think it's a key part of not saying you did when you worked with but um, but it's really important that people do spreadsheets properly and i always thought independent oversight that was also quite a useful thing I, I just add one thing quickly to that, John, which is obviously that in the UK, we are very fortunate, uh, especially when we look uh, across to continental Europe in that we do have the uh, ability as a domestic election observation group to operate. And the UK is one of the few countries uh, across the OSCE which actually lives up to its uh, commitments uh, and fulfills those. Uh, and there's actually quite a good pathway for our observers to be able to be officially accredited and go out and do this work. I think some of the some of the sub recommendations that you'll see on recommendation three really look a little bit more towards how can we not just allow election observation? How can we make election observation work and how can we all try to improve uh, the electoral process across the UK? And I think that there are a few points there that uh, our listeners might be interested to go in uh, and have a little read about uh, that would actually make the work that we do more impactful for the benefit of lots of the people that we speak to and work alongside. That's brilliant. And so just finally, where can we find this report to read further? So uh, listeners can find the report at www.democracyvolunteers.org. If you go to domestic reports, then you'll be able to see all of the reports from this May's elections, but also reports from from previous elections. Um, If you click on the most recent one, that will include all of the data. Um, You may have seen in previous weeks, there's been reports on specific areas. uh, So make sure you click on the right one. Um, But if you look at our social media accounts as well, we'll also be linking to the report through those. Brilliant. Thank you both so much for joining me today. That's all for this episode. Thanks, Juliana. Cheers. Thank you, Juliana.